Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Hey, Alex. Hey. Watch Ivy because she's going to yeah. get your cord. What's up? What, what what's What's going on? You have your pants rolled up. Sometimes I think like... We should video our podcast so that like, we have YouTube content and like I'm looking at you and I'm like looking at me and I'm like, nope, we can't actually. We cannot. I like you're wearing whatever that outfit is. <laughs> I have like the really dirty sweatpants and like a tank top. No bra. No bra. So like the YouTube ideas. I like I like podcasting without having to worry about a nip slip. I know. You know, like. Like my nipple is going to be out at some point and no one knows. And it's fine. I might, I might let people know. All right. Yeah, you do that. But we just moved the couch. <laughs> For those of you who are following along with the Couch Chronicle, no, it hasn't sold. We, uh, our new one is coming in a couple of weeks. So we decided it best to relocate the, um, what do we want to call this? the couch the couch up into the podcast room so now we have a podcast podcasting couch um we're not sitting on it but i know because our office chairs are more comfortable than that it's couch. actually fine to sit on it doesn't like, even have any back support because the back support's like one foot i know but you you sort of lean into the corner like you you sit on it and you sit on it in a way where like it's like the least comfortable way you can sit on any couch and you're like no it's not comfortable and like well look you you don't sit like that on any other piece of furniture all right. Well, anyways, I think Meredith says she put it on Kijiji and tried to sell it, but I don't know if I believe her. But also, it's not surprising that no one would buy it given the cost and what you're getting. Well, I mean, it's nice. Like it, it look, it does look nice. And like I've had a few. I had a guy reach out last week, and he was like kind of a dick. I uh, like I listed it, and then I recently dropped the price, and he was. We're actually we're not we're not saying the price because it's embarrassing. Um, but I dropped the <laughs> price and. Um, he was like, well, you know, I, I think it's a little too big for my space, but you know, depending on what you want to let it go for, I can definitely take it off your hands. And I was like, okay, guy, I don't need you to take it off my hands. That's I not mean, like, we it's not actually, a junk couch. It's see, not junk removal. It, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. See, I should be in charge of the Kijiji sales. No, you shouldn't. For that, I think he wanted reason. me to to take like fifty percent of what it was listed at. I was like, absolutely not. It's already marked down from what I paid. Like, I can find somewhere to put this couch. Like people, but you know, like people are like that, right? They they like buy stuff on Kijiji or Craigslist for like super. They just get people to sell stuff for really low, and then they just turn around and flip it. Mm. I mean, I don't know if that's what he would do. I don't with think this couch. he would flip this couch. Maybe he's just better at selling things on Kijiji than I am. At any rate, we still have the couch. We moved it up. If we can move that couch up, like, uh, like up a flight of stairs that has like a turn in it, and into this bedroom without getting into a fight, that's a big deal. And we did that. That's really the only thing we've done with this couch that hasn't caused a fight. I know. I was like waiting, but 
I think we did great. And we're really, like really good at moving furniture. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but anyways, what else is new? We just got back from skiing uh, last week, which was amazing. It w- it'll be my last ski trip because I'm going to the U.S. next week. Um, and it was kind of, I don't know, it was good. It was sunny. It was warm. I was definitely like, I could have been wearing a t-shirt, but I didn't have anything to do with my jacket. Um, but then I, I feel was, like it was more sweater weather, not t-shirt. Yeah. I got really hot though. Like I was, I was like, I would definitely do okay in a t-shirt right now, but then you're like on the lift and you get cold, but I don't know. It's been a good year. I've like, you think I've improved a lot this year. I, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah. What's, what's been my biggest improvement on skis? Probably like you're not sitting in the back seat mm-hmm. and you're actually turning. Yeah. Instead of like kind of leaning, doing that water ski yeah, thing. Yeah, just kind of sliding down. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I like I have a list of your kind of your top coaching tips. Everybody's like, oh, but it must be so amazing to ski with Alex. She's so good. She must be a great coach. And it's a classic like great athletes don't always make great <laughs> coaches scenario. Because I like on more than one occasion, like your best cue, your best tip was like, just watch me. <laughs> I'm like, oh. The best part was like when it was me my dad and my mom all trying to coach you at the same time. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, Can, just stop. Like, just stop. I need the afternoon to just ugly this up and enjoy myself. I was like, I felt very overcoached that yeah, day. Yeah, you were a little overcoached. I got grumpy. It doesn't, I like, it takes a lot to make me kind of grumpy. And like, I think I was a little bit grumpy that day. But, um, yeah, it's been... It's like your flaw as a, a ski coach is that you don't understand the difference. Like, so same, like we can go, be going at, like we, we can be going down the same run and it's a totally different experience for me because I'm not going as fast as you are. So the way you like you ski through the terrain is just a little bit different versus like, you know, you have more speed. So you make fewer turns, whereas I'm having to make more turns. And now you're looking at me like I'm crazy. So I think you disagree. I don't think that's the issue. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the issue. I'm okay. saying it's one. Issue. I can go slower and make more turns. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's another good cue? You've said, why are you doing it like that? <laughs> Stop doing it like that. Um, I give you good cues, like hands out in front. You do. Like, I'm like, just get your pole plant. Like, yeah. Be more aggressive. But sometimes I actually find, I like read. I like read coaching tips on the internet and then I'm like, Oh, I've read this. And then you're like, yeah, that's good. And like now, and then you start saying it like, you know, like planting, planting your pole further downhill. Yeah. That was one that I found. And then I think I'll... my best tip is just be more dynamic. Yeah. I mean, how much more simple does it get? Be athletic. <laughs> that's actually like, <laughs> try that's harder. Just try harder. Just try like be better. Try harder. Go faster. Yeah. Be smoother, more aggressive. Like, I don't understand how that doesn't. Yeah help but um i guess well obviously like something helped i don't know probably just time on snow yeah i think because we went uh we actually so meredith isn't great on the steep stuff so we took her down the steep run this trip um me and my mom and we're like it's headwall if you're familiar <laughs> with sunshine yeah it's like a pretty short steep little run it's steep it's like very steep. it's very though. steep so meredith made so I've never actually seen anybody do this, but she managed to get down, down the hill, only <laughs> making right turns. Well, I had to make small left-hand turns. The problem was you, you like, didn't really make a left-hand turn. No, I just sort of like started going down and then turned right, started <laughs> going down and then turned right. But like in my defense, you were like, 
you I skied up to where you were and then you were like, Oh, you should go in over there and basically pointed backwards and up the hill. And I was like, Okay. Sweet. Thank you. That's so helpful now that I'm pointed the complete wrong direction. So I kinda like like just sort of slid backwards and then and like in my defense, like when I started to go down, I kinda saw that there's oh, there's a traversing option. So I can just kind of traverse down the hill instead of going down down. So yeah. I did the traversing option. Um which was, it fine. was impressive. Thank you. Um, I lost my, my pole. This is crazy. So I have these poles, they're lucky poles and they wait, have... let me explain these poles. Meredith poles are like, it doesn't even matter what kind of poles you have. It literally doesn't matter. And she had to buy the most expensive poles. No, they're not the most expensive poles because they make this pole in a carbon fiber version. That okay, is like, they're still very, they're, they're double like, the cost of my poles. They're like special. They're unique. Yeah. And um, this is somebody who like could barely ski well but i the reason why i wanted them was because and they, she also had i don't know if, if anybody's ever bought ski poles some of them come with like a you've told this a story protective before. like a tip tip and she didn't even know to take that off i didn't notice it was on um <laughs> well the pole the reason why i wanted them is because they have a safety mechanism that detaches the strap so if you crash which like i am more likely to do the pole detaches and you don't tear your shoulder out so i was like mm since I'll be skiing more and like steeper stuff, I'll just get those. It's fine. And then I really liked them and I got used to using them because it has like, instead of putting your hand through a strap every time, the strap actually like attaches to your glove and all you have to do is click into the top of the pole. And it's super convenient for taking your poles on and off for like lifts and stuff. And then we're packing up the car to, to leave last week. And I, there was like, we were keeping your parents ski stuff in our garage and I picked up six poles and I was like, someone's poles are missing. And I like pointed the handles at Alex and she was like, your poles are missing. And then I got super bummed out because I realized I must have left them at sunshine. Just like when you ski out to the bottom, I think we went to the, the bathroom or something and I just stuck them in the snow or like put them on the rack beside my skis. And I'm, I just, then I grabbed my skis, but not my poles. Cause we were going to the car. We weren't skiing anymore. And I left them. That was like, I don't know, a month ago five weeks and so I was super bummed out and so the first day we went um out that like last week I used those old some old poles that were at your parents and they were like lime green too long and had like the regular straps which were a real bear to get used to I haven't done I haven't used those straps in forever so I was super bummed out and like I don't know if anyone else has this compulsion but like when I lose I hate losing things I hate losing things. I have a, like, I need to replace things immediately. Like as soon as I realize something's lost, I need to, I need to get, I need to replace it. I need to get exactly what I lost so I can just put it out of my mind. But I had sort of resigned myself. Like I'll just get cheaper poles with straps. Like it doesn't matter. And then I went out like throughout the day using those, those poles from your parents. And I was like, no, I can't, I have to buy those. Like the clicking ones. I like them so much more. And they are like 140 bucks. And so I was kind of bummed out. And then like we were going to stop in Banff on the way back. And we were joking on the way up. Alex was like, yeah, you should totally go to Lost and Found and just ask if they have a pair of black and gray lecky poles from a month ago. Um, and so we, we were stopping to go to the bathroom. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ask. I can't not ask before we leave and before I spend all this money on new poles. So I go to guest services or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a long shot. But I was here like a month ago and I left, 
a pair of lecky poles um do you happen to have any she's like oh let me check and turns out they have this like super sophisticated inventory of lost and found things and uh she's like well you know can you describe them and i was like i mean <laughs> it was exactly what we were joking about she's like what color are they i was like i mean black and gray um she was like was are there any distinguishing features i was like they say lecky i don't know i don't know what <laughs> model there's like a small scratch <laughs> yeah, i was like th- on the bottom of and i think this is the crate this is the funny part i said on the bottom of the right pole which they aren't side specific but i said the bottom of the right pole there's scratches where i've run my ski edge into the pole i was like so you'll see scratches and she's like okay yeah I'll let them know is there anything else and I was like I mean like they don't have straps attached to them like they're like ski poles without straps she's like okay okay so she like calls down to wherever whoever manages lost and found and she she was like I think they have them <laughs> and I was like no way she's like yeah so just go down to the locker rooms whatever knock on the staff only door and they'll show them to you and if they're yours you can take them and like sure enough walk down to the locker rooms knock on the staff door and they pull out my lucky poles, like scotch taped together. I was like, what are the odds? And then you brought them back to the car where I was waiting. And I was like flabbergasted. I know. Like you think about the number of things that get lost at that hill. The number of people, kids, like just like gorbs who just can't keep like account was- of their equipment. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. And then like it's just it's crazy and then like all over the ski lifts it's like sunshine is not responsible for lost or stolen items like they're very upfront with the fact that like shit gets lost so i was like i was blown away i was actually bummed i didn't do it at the beginning of the day because then i wouldn't have had to deal with those lime green poles i know it's crazy though it's like before buying a house 140 bucks seemed like a lot of money Mm mm-hmm but now after buying the house and like buying furniture and like buying certain items or like even buying a, like a new car. Yeah. Like $140 like is not much. It still bugs me to spend any kind of money, yeah. but it's like, eh, it's a hundred bucks. When something's, when something costs less than $200 for the house, I'm like stoked. Yeah. Like the yard guy the other day when I was, when I just walked up, I was like, Hey, can you do our yard? Cause they were doing some, they were doing the neighbors and he, he walked around and he's like, yep. Yeah, for like cleanup and power raking, uh, um, I can do that. And I was like, well, how much? And he's like, 180 i was like done that's nothing i know compared to like the other stuff we have to like when we moved in i was like oh sweet the ice maker doesn't work that's gonna be easy and then they were the the fridge guy was like yeah it'll be like 350 dollars. i was like pardon me like we just bought this house what do you mean that's 350 dollars? yeah but yeah one thing after another i'm sure any house owners out there we've literally been at home depot like every single weekend for the past month and it's not like our house is a fixer upper no, it's just like random projects in the gym yeah. and outside. You need shelves for storage. Yeah. Whatever. Are you impressed with my power tool of video ability? Yeah. Yeah. I love that we have those. Um, yeah. So today we were going to talk about some nutrition stuff, but then we're like, yeah, we're not going to be doing as many podcasts in the next month because Meredith is headed home to visit her family so we figured we'd do a recap more of a fun podcast a recap of quarterfinals <laughs> and the open well i didn't do quarterfinals i know but like, sure everybody knows you're still you were still involved to a large degree yeah i was i was a passenger to that yeah why don't we start with the so the open wrapped up what three weeks ago 
and then there was a week break and then quarterfinals was one weekend five workouts one weekend yeah, that was two weeks ago yeah so um why don't we start with your crossfit open experience yeah. so what was different this year compared to years prior well a couple things first um I've never taken the open particularly seriously. I think the most serious I took it surprisingly was last year, even though there was not much to gain, Mm -hmm. but I think it was like the open was a qualifier for so many different sanctional events that I wanted to do the best that I possibly could in order to have my options. Yeah. So I, I think I repeated every single one Mm -hmm. last year, um, which I had never done in the past. I've maybe repeated like one here and there. Mm -hmm. And then this year, because so many people were going to qualify for quarterfinals, I was like, I, I'm just one and done. Um, so not that much was different. I think the main difference was the fact that I was like in my basement. Yeah. And then also like leading up to the open, I was convinced I wasn't going to do it. And so you mean in minute. your basement for like the whole year or in your basement for the open workouts? Both. Yeah. And like our basement now is not what our basement used to be. Yeah. Like before we moved. Yeah. It was not as nice. So the first work I was at, wall walk one mm-hmm. which was fine i mean I did, you got penalized on yeah it. that was annoying i did well enough so like if you aren't where you have when you're not when you don't do your workouts at an affiliate you have to submit a video with your score which is significant yeah and like it's public people anyone can click on it yeah and decide whether it's good or bad but then like an actual crossfit employee or whatever they are um gets to go in on their own on their own i don't even know how these people like are who it is how they're accredited but and they can penalize you for whatever you want whatever they want based on what they see just one one judge which is stupid because that's like the i looked at my video and like there were maybe a couple reps that were like i was simultaneously like moving my hand as my foot touched Mm -hmm. but like in real life like you were judging me Mm -hmm. you didn't see that and like a judge probably wouldn't have caught that. Like things move quickly. But yeah. like when you watch something on YouTube, you can slow it down. You can back it up. You can do it. Like, I don't know if these people are doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, so there's, there's, you have to consider the review standard for a video submission is like totally different. So you're taking somebody. That. Yeah. And you're taking somebody. So instead of like, let's say you do your workout at an affiliate, um, you have your score validated. There's no video. And they're like, Hey Alex, we want to see your video. And you're like, all right, guys, here's my video. They're going to watch it and they're going to say, does it make sense that the judge at the affiliate validated this score? Is Alex demonstrating that she has the capacity, regardless of if there's a couple of no reps, for this score to have been judged and scored in person? And they say yes or they say no. But then as soon as you have, if you're not at an affiliate, now when they look at your video, you have someone like Boz, well, he's not like Boz is the one watching videos, but you have someone of that sort of caliper judge, like regionals games level judge, who is not looking at your video to see if if I am doing a good job judging. They are looking at your video and they are judging each and every rep as if they are there judging the video in person. Yeah. So you're just held to a higher standard of of judging and that's like that's the downside to doing workouts not an affiliate. But like, you know, this year I think there were a few more people who had to go that route because they're doing them at home or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, it, it is what it is. And it's a, it's a little bit unfair because you could probably assume that most people 
if they were held to the same standards that you were, would be assessed a number of penalties like you were. But uh, I think it's an it's a it's an incentive to participate at an affiliate, and yeah. it's an incentive for gyms to become affiliates. Yeah. But anyways. but anyways, my other two videos were good. So the second, the second one was the burpee box jump over, mm-hmm. the repeat workout. Yeah, and I did fine enough. I improved on my score. Um, it's funny we just talked about that workout a couple podcasts ago. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. And my back was so sore the next like few mm-hmm. days, like barely, like could even barely train. Mm-hmm. And basically, so I my shoulder got better just in time for the open. So I was pretty happy with my like wall walk one I end up finishing and then this next one was fine on my shoulder like not a problem but I was so sore after on my low back like couldn't really train until Mm -hmm. Thursday and then trained on no I trained on Wednesday and did a bunch of thrusters to prep for like the third week and got incredibly sore so I was sore to like Saturday (laughs) and then had to do the thruster workout on Sunday you were sore from thrusters until Saturday and then you had to do more <laughs> thrusters on Sunday. Yeah. And front squats. Yeah. So then I got inc- like I'm 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 not even I've never been my legs have never been this bad mm-hmm. ever. Like even after maybe comparable to after the CrossFit games in 2015, my legs were this bad. Okay, I have a question. Did you go to urgent care because you thought you had rhabdo? Yes. <laughs> you did. The problem was like I would wake up in the morning and they felt all right. Yeah. But the problem was, was I, I would start moving around. Like I start, I tried to train on like the Tuesday, like light, even just like air squats. And I couldn't do it without my, like getting like really bad, like cramping and Charlie horses. Like I don't, it was really bad. And like my knees were hurting. Yeah. Like in the bottom of the squat, my knees were hurting. It just like something wasn't right. And then it was like, really bad again on Wednesday and usually doms only last like two days until they start getting better but they were like getting worse yeah like just walking was like anytime my muscle like was used yeah it would like seize up and so we decided I messaged uh like two two of our doctor friends who were like you're probably gonna want to go to the emergency just to be safe because you know it yeah. could get worse like your kidneys even though like I didn't have that many other signs of rhabdo. They both suggested to go, to go do that. So I got my blood tested and everything. And it was just like, I had relatively high CK levels, but not high enough to be like worried about kidney damage. Yeah. So there was that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that's, that's, um, and you know what? Funny enough, other people have done that, gone mm -hmm. to the ER. Yeah. Like not had rhabdo, but they're like, I don't know. Lindsay did it. She did? She's like, did they take you seriously? Because when I went, they were like, get out of here. Yeah. I don't think I heard her tell that story. She told me on text. When I was oh, okay. The, um, so that was like, let's, so that's Tuesday after the open. So open, clo- open submissions close Monday and you're in the, so you're in urgent care Tuesday. No, I was in urgent care on Thursday. Thursday. That's right. Cause it had lasted into the yeah. week. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's Thursday. Um, and my whole body was so effed up. I couldn't barely even do muscle ups. Oh, you could barely do muscle. Ups. Oh, I remember that in the garage. Yeah. I was like, oh, that looks bad. Um, okay. So that's Thursday. So you have that weekend off like competition and then the following weekend. So, um, what nine or 10 days later? No, one week later. Cause it started on Thursday quarterfinal. No, it started. Yeah. Right. A week after urgent yeah. care. So one week after you were in urgent care, you 
uh, you advanced to quarterfinals. Congratulations. Thank you. The format for quarterfinals is uh, all five workouts were released on Thursday. Um, and then there's submission windows. So Thursday at noon fr to Friday at noon, you have to submit workouts one and two. Friday to Saturday, you have to submit workouts three and four. And then uh, the fifth workout you submit on between Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So um, that's the format. So what uh, you did one workout on Thursday. Yeah. So all of the workouts are released on Thursday. So Thursday. So the workout one was the the double under handstand push up dumbbell. Yeah. The the two triplets that were spaced by minute. And then workout two was the GHD sit up pistol rope climb. Workout three was wall balls and rowing. Workout four was max four at max front squat. Workout five was the snatch uh, burpee box jump over yeah. short kind of sprint couplet. All right. So what order did we go in? So I wanted to do so another thing. My I think this was a carryover from the dumbbell snatch box jump over. My back got like super, super tight. Like my hips were aching mm -hmm. the week. Like it started on Wednesday or Thursday. No, it, it was Tuesday before the Thursday of the quarterfinals. Yeah. My back like locked up. So I was like, oh, oh no. So I did the um, event one on Thursday night, like 5 p.m. or something. And then did the front squat right after. So like I need to be like very warm for the front squat because my back does not feel good. Yeah. And I ended up squatting 90% of my one rep max, which is what. It's kind of where you, you want to be for a four rep. Like it's yeah. a pretty good four rep max. I was happy and pleased with it. Given the fact that like, I didn't feel great. Like I didn't know if I could actually have done any better. Mm -hmm. And then I went to go and upload event one, the handstand push up video. And for this year in the open and quarterfinals, they actually had a floor layout plan. Not the open quarterfinals they did for the open too you had to be like remember you had to be eight feet away oh the, yeah from yeah, the yeah. from the barbell yep. barbell and pull-up bar yeah and um there were rules so if you if you crossed a certain line you would get penalized like those reps wouldn't count if your foot went over the line because they wanted to separate you from like the wall and the double unders and the dumbbell yeah they don't so, want people doing like stupid transitions yeah they wanted to make it as fair as possible mm -hmm. And so I'm reviewing my video and on my last set of 50 double unders, I'm like almost over the line. Like I'm not jumping on the line because my heel doesn't actually touch the ground on double unders, but my heel is over the line. Like it's, if I put my heel down, it would have been on the line. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm like freaking out because I'm thinking they're going to penalize me. Like that's, I don't, and you don't know what the penalty is going to be if you have, because you never know. You mean by, by freaking out, do you mean having an absolute meltdown? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm like, I have to repeat the workout. Like, and I was like, no, you don't have to repeat the workout. What you're going to do is you're going to email support. You're going to be proactive and you're going to say, here's my video. There's like between five and 10 reps where my heel is over the line, but I'm not jumping on the line. Like, I'm sorry. Can you please tell me what like kind of penalty? I was like, you, you need to do that. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I did it. But then in my head, I'm thinking, how do I, how am I going to go to bed tonight? And then what if I do have to repeat it? Mm -hmm in the morning and I'm, I still have to do the, all of this other stuff. And that because I didn't have that many options to go to the gym, to complete the rope climb workout with the GHD, I had to be there at 10, which is like in between, like you couldn't really do a workout before and you couldn't really do a workout after. Mm -hmm. So like I have to have this workout done and done the right way so that I can sleep at night. So like I probably, I repeated it like 90 minutes later 
and got oh, like seven six, seconds slower. six or seven seconds slower but then an hour after that i got an email back from crossfit support being like yeah your video is good like it's only your last set so it doesn't actually impact mm-hmm. you don't have an advantage because you're not going back to the wall it doesn't matter if you're closer to the wall yeah um so that was a i told you so moment for meredith it was satisfying only in that like I think I actually, I was like, they they probably are not going to assess a penalty. Yeah. And I said that and you still did it. And then they didn't. And I was like, all right. Well, whatever. It was a good mental test to have to repeat it after having a breakdown. Yeah. I cried on that day. Wait, how and many then, times did you cry total on the weekend? I think three or four. Okay. Carry on. And then there was the days after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not counting those days. But. Um, okay. And then the next day, I don't want to waste too much time talking about the details, but that ghd workout was brutal i'm anyone who has did it knows i got ex- i don't know if it's because i'm i haven't been on a ghd machine i don't do them that often i haven't done that many in my lifetime or it was just the sheer volume of them but i was so dizzy mm-hmm. and like nauseous in the workout and i kept looking over the clock and meredith's like don't worry about the clock like just keep moving and i i kept looking over being like is it over yet I didn't even care about getting through the workout. At I one just, point you got off the GHD and like walked the wrong direction. I was like, ropes that way. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. It was really bad. Yeah. And then I was, I fell ill. You fell ill. Immediately. Yeah. Well, I fell ill in the workout, managed yeah. to finish decent. And then, um, had to, that was the second workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I had to submit my score, which I couldn't even do because I was dead. Couldn't even look up without getting super nauseous and dizzy. So I had to do that. You and you hadn't like, paid yet. So you're like, well, I need you to pay. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing here. Um, it felt like if anybody has ever had like a 10 out of 10 really bad hangover, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Like pukey, had the chills. The only thing I didn't have was like the alcoholic. You were burping a lot though. Yeah. And then you got into bed, like you were, I was like, I was okay, also sweating a lot. Gross. Why are you in the bed right now? You need to take a shower. <laughs> I did change. Mm. Um, and then I probably didn't recover till about 2 PM that day. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, and I barely ate that day. Even after I was like, I feel horrible. I think I had some oatmeal and then like a small dinner and was like, I don't know how tomorrow's going to go, but did not follow my own nutrition advice. That's for sure. And then the next day was the wall ball row, which was pretty brutal, but did fine in that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I had to submit my front squat and wall ball row. And I was basically out of it. Yeah. Like the, the standings were released at 2 PM my time after the first four workouts yeah. and the front squat had basically just killed me. I don't know when people got how, how they lifted. I just kept seeing over and over and over on Instagram. Like I lifted 99% of my one rep max for four reps yeah what how how Mm -hmm. are people doing this like is it people were just in like very like competitive environments like i have no clue how anyone got so strong here's the thing like a 300 pound back squat used to be it still is like impressive impressive and now people are front squatting like 350 or 250 for four yeah what i'm like so that would mean your one rep based on your four rep your one rep would be somewhere in the ballpark of like 275 yeah which is incredible but the thing is, is like no one's cleaning that much. No. It, like maybe, maybe 
Well, like Niesler is. Niesler and Tia Claire Toomey and mm-hmm. Amanda Barnhart. But like beyond that, really, not that many people are cleaning over 230, 240. Yeah. Anyways, the front, I mean, I could go, I could talk about the programming. I'll just say this, like, I don't think it's fair that they have a maximal strength when they have that big of a field. Because yeah, there's just, there was nothing to counteract it. It's such a fringe event, especially coming from But there's from people the- who, who can't even do, like, didn't even make it close to getting, like, enough rope climbs mm-hmm. or handstand push-ups or any of these other movements, but got, like, top 10 or top 20. Oh, there's the, people like, who finished, like, 5,000th place and they they won the front squat. Not to mention the fact that some of the girls who are like putting up crazy top scores for the front squat don't aren't getting drug tested. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no it's just not it didn't didn't seem fair to me. It didn't seem like a very like fair and also I'm saying this cuz I was impacted. I didn't think it was fair to me, but I didn't think it was just a fair programming. Mm-hmm. They've never had it before in a field that big and I think there's a reason for it cuz look what happens. Yeah. And I wasn't the only like decent athlete who got bumped out because of a, a front squat, which to be honest, isn't even that bad. Yeah. If yeah. they like, if they had had a squat clean that requires actual like technique and something like that, where somebody who could walk off the street, who's really strong, has never done CrossFit could do really well in the front squat. Yeah. So or like, um, do like a six rep max from the floor. That would be a cool event. Yeah. So like, I don't know. There's a reason why, They've never had that. And I think I know why, because it just really Fs up the leaderboard. Yeah. But anyways, so then after I discovered that I had another meltdown. So I was like, well, I'm not going to make it to semifinals, which it's like silly. Cause I didn't even know if I wanted to go to semifinals, but I just wanted the option. You want the option to turn And it I down. tried hard. Yeah. So then I, this was on Saturday night and I was planning to do the fifth workout on Sunday morning, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do this workout and get it over with. So I did it. I got 404, which was good for me. And just put everything to rest. Yeah. But then I still cried the next day. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's hard as a, a competitive person when you, you know, you put, put yourself out there and you, you try hard and you just come up a little bit short. Yeah. Like sometimes I think I shouldn't have even have done it. Like I shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, wh- where am I at now? I'm, I'm honestly, my body just feels horrible <laughs> from those weeks. Yeah. But then I, I, I'll quote myself here. It's better to try and fail than not to try. You learn, you experience. Yeah. I have a lot of support still, you know? Yeah. And I guess I don't really have anything super motivational to say, but I, I think deep down, I still enjoy like challenging myself and putting myself to the test, even though you are in a, like, you do put yourself in a very vulnerable position. Yeah. And you're kind of like, <clears throat> also, I did, <laughs> what? I ended up doing the pistols like on the wrong side of the line. Yeah. Like I was not in it. I was not paying attention. Like Meredith wasn't helping me as my coach. Well, like I was, it's hard because like a lot of these people who are doing quite well, have a coach who's like, you know, they're, they're, they know all of the standards. They're like looking at transition times, like, like just making sure that everything is optimized. And like, I was trying, but also like we have. <laughs> I'm like, like that Friday morning before the pistol workout, we're both working like, like, you know, we're doing other things. And so like being your coach and like concerning myself with that type of thing is not my job. And like, I didn't really put the effort in to, to do the best job that I could have, but like, it also hasn't really, it's never really mattered. Yeah. And so 
I think we both kind of dropped the ball. I mean, like, like you dropped the ball harder than I dropped the ball, but like <laughs> we both dropped the ball. Yeah. Like it doesn't help when you get up on Friday morning and you're competing at 10, but you get up extra early so you can get like your work done. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I want to check in with my clients because like they're paying me and that's my job and that's what they're expecting. And, yeah. and maybe that's not ideal for like getting things organized for a competition, but that's the choice that I made. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different factors, but now the question is, do I, do I put the effort in into getting stronger for next year? Or do I take the summer off and just like train a little and have fun? Yeah. What do I do? I mean, I don't think you have to decide right now. Yeah. So that's, that's one good thing. Um, I think like, it's hard. Like the knee jerk reaction is to like, yep, I'm going to like I'm going to put in a ton of effort. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get faster at like cycling movements. And like you've been in the sport long enough. You've seen people do this where like they like they chase they chase being the type of athlete that would have excelled in the previous year's programming. Mm-hmm. And the the flaw in that mentality and that approach is that you never know what's coming. And so like all of these people after 2016, so like just like if you've been in the sport long enough, 2016 was the year at regionals where, uh, there was like the snatch ladder. Um, there was a really heavy overhead squats and, uh, there's the really, deadlift. Yeah. The, the, the heaviest, the 275 and, um, what is that? 405 or whatever that is for guys, really, really heavy deadlift four reps in a workout. So after 2016, when people got just absolutely annihilated by the weight, everybody was trying to get stronger, right? Everybody went on string cycles. They're doing conjugate. Like they're getting really strong. And then 2017, what was 2017? All gymnastics. It was the year of the dumbbell. There wasn't even a barbell. There wasn't a barbell at regionals. But didn't they have, they had, did they have the strict Nate that year? That was 2016. Oh. Yeah. 2016 was strict strict Nate and the snatch ladder was on day one. And 2017 was, um... It opened with the regionals Murph. No. Oh, they had the toes to bar farmer carry farmer. We had that. They had the, the heavy kettlebells. Yeah. And they had but the no sandbag, barbell. but no, no barbell. And it was very like body weight gymnastics yeah. dominant. And so all these people who spent all this time getting like chasing strength, they're now at a disadvantage when all they have to do is efficiently move a dumbbell and their body. And yeah. so that's kind of just like, it's, it's, um, a cautionary tale that I think is important to remember when you're trying to assess, like, where do you want to go with training, you know, moving forward, it's tempting to be like, Oh, I'm not strong enough. I need to get stronger. But like, you know, next year, maybe instead of a four at max front squat, uh, there's a 10 K row time trial. I mean, now the people who like are really strong, but can't breathe are at a disadvantage for a, you know, 45 to 50 minute workout. Yeah. The tricky part is, and I think this is, and I have nobody to blame. Like there's just, it's just the way it happened, but I've never been, I've never been a stronger at strong, the strongest athlete by any means, but like my Olympic lifting is good, is good enough mm-hmm. that I've never been stopped by it. Like I can snatch at my best, like 180, clean 225, which are respectable mm-hmm. lifts in CrossFit good enough to not be you know, thrown completely off the leaderboard. Yeah. But then a front squat shows up, which it's just a, a test of pure strength. It may have well been a, like a one or at max deadlift. Yeah. Well, that would have been really bad for me. Just about as bad. Mm-hmm. 
except it would have hurt more because you know my long torso yeah but your sensitive back i don't know it just doesn't make sense that that was that was a test but yeah well all that's to say like i don't i don't know that like chasing strength is the answer for anybody who didn't do well like that's what everyone is already doing mm -hmm. like i just see post after post being like now it's time to get strong Mm -hmm. like now i have to get strong and i'm like all right yeah probably but also you make a good point yeah like what and even if you do what is the one thing that shows up at the games more often than anything else running running Mm mm-hmm and so you see all these and I like, I love it. I, I cherish these moments when you see these, these athletes who are incredibly strong, you know, they do well in the open. They do well at events like Wadapalooza where the programming is just typically a little bit shorter and a little bit heavier. They do well at regionals yeah. and then they get to the games and they get their teeth kicked in by running. And I like, it just, it makes my heart or happy. Regionals now has a lot of like longer or the, the semifinals, like sanctionals. Yeah, you're now seeing they're like including the... a lot of running. Like it makes sense because it's a great test and it's really easy to, easy for a competition to run. Yeah. Literally to run a run. Yeah, it's it's relatively, like it's equipment free unless you're doing it with a you vest. You just need a track. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I like it. I like, I appreciate the sport. I'm enjoying it from a spectator standpoint yeah. <laughs> this, this season, which um, I like, I've been kind of on the bubble... Like, you know, do I want to compete? Do I not want to compete? Am I retired? Am I not retired? And, you know, I had made the decision to not do the open in a competitive way this year. And I don't think it was until the open actually started where I felt like I could finally take, like, breathe a sigh of relief. Like, I'm not doing it this year. There's no pressure. Like, I mean, we've talked about this. I've been hitting numbers in training that are good for me with, like, lifting and whatnot. And I've been feeling really good. But had I had any pressure, at all about either the open or competitions coming up, like in the back of my head, it would be like, yeah, like it's good for you, but it's, you know, it's still not good. It's still not good compared to people who are strong. It's still not this. It's still not that. Like you can't, you can't fully appreciate what it is that you're doing because you're too busy thinking about what other people are doing when you actually have no idea what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's been a helpful perspective for me. And I think the summer will be fun and we'll do some biking and outdoor stuff and, you'll the sting will wear off yeah yeah i was this can transition into our next topic but um my gut reaction is to like protect my ego and post and be like i you know i had this injury or this happened or this this was um not ideal i was doing it by myself I was trying to, you know, whatever yeah, right. the like, excuses I could come up with. I hurt my I, shoulder. Yeah, my back like, is hurt. I, I wanted to say that because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm better. Like, I want to protect my ego. I want people to know I'm better than this. Like, oh, Alex didn't qualify because of this, because of that. Like, the fact of the matter is, I didn't qualify because I wasn't good enough. And for the programming, for whatever. Like, it's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. So I posted just because, like, I wanted to put it out there. Like, yeah, I... I tried my hardest and I didn't make it. I'm disappointed, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I was fine with it, but yeah. I was like, I just posted and, and, um, but you see like so many athletes, even out of the open, like, oh, there's a reason why I didn't, you know, hit a good, hit a good clean complex. And this is why, like, yeah, there are people I, like, that- I, you know, I, I still couldn't, I, you know, I've been working at this weakness and I just, 
there's a reason why like they, they it's like external well, it's like it's a whole story on why they're like why the the score on 21.4 like why the clean complex score was low i was like look here's the thing nobody cares mm-hmm. i know you think people care because maybe you have like a hundred thousand followers or whatever nobody cares nobody gives a shit like no. like if you're a really strong and if person, they do they care for like the 20 seconds they read like, it and then they're like oh. eh so-and-so lifted didn't lift very much weird and then they move on because like that's the attention span that people have so like if you're a really strong person you don't perform well like people kind of assume something happened that was that was a little bit outside of the norm you don't have to go post a a video doing a 250 pound jerk and be like look what i can actually do nobody cares nobody cares but yeah you just see all this like blame almost yeah it's external stuff i've you know i've i've had like even uh, i'm just trying to think back to the games last year when Haley adams had that ankle thing yeah she didn't say anything about her ankle until after she's like i had a a broken ankle yeah really bad sprained ankle and it was like good for you for just like not blaming your ankle for not doing well in this event or this event or this event which is like what a lot of people do and it's but like we've seen this and you hear like i mean we've talked about it before like if you (laughs) before people go into competition, a lot of times you start hearing about things. You start hearing on social media or in back when competition was in person, you'll hear people in warm up be like, you know, they start talking about like, Oh, my shoulder injury or Oh, this, Oh, that like, Oh, this is why I'm not at my prime. And they, that does two things. I think it cushions the blow to the ego yeah. when they don't perform. I think that's the main thing. That's the main thing, right? They need to protect their ego. So it's like, they need people to understand that they're not at their prime. So that when, when, and if they don't do well, and really it's, it's more like when, because a person who's put that in their own mind is going to live into it. They're self handicapping. Yeah. But it's like, they'd rather self handicap than like, than have to own, own their, their performance. Yeah. Whether or not there's actually an injury or an external circumstance or not, like people, people don't like own, like personally taking personal responsibility for the results that they get. And it's just it's easier to to have an excuse locked and loaded ready to go when at the end of the day you can't you can't control it and you can pretty much assume everybody's got shit it's just everyone does like the people who don't talk about elite has an injury yeah literally i'm sure everybody (laughs) has something yeah and like i don't know and you just like you can't let it dominate the performance like yeah own your shit and we were watching like we've been talking about f1 a lot because we watch f1 a lot but like, you know, we were watching the Italian race today and when these guys crash, it's not like, you know, the car was this or the car was that. They literally like, they'll go into the gravel or into the wall and you hear, hear on the radio and all they say, all they say is, sorry guys, my fault. And that's it. Like they, they own it. And when you think about the level that these guys, they're at the highest level of one of the biggest sports on earth. And if you were a type of person who every time you made a mistake and crashed the car or did something wrong, you were like, oh, it was, you know, it was the steering. It was the brakes. It, it was, was the, the car. Tr- it, was it was the, the pit. Slip, slippery track. It was this guy. It was their fault. This and that. Like you would not be, they would not allow a person like that to be on the team. And I think you see that kind of across the board with people who are either high performers in sports or, you know, they're very successful with business and what they do for work. Like those people own every, like every part of their lives. They own their shit. And, um, you know, we, and, and we posted about this Friday, um, 
we posted a, a yeah we made a post that literally was like it just said own the power of owning your shit and the the point of that post was not to like throw shade at people who eat out on the weekends or who have balance in their lives like sometimes people who need balance have to own the fact that they need balance all it is is that if you refuse to take personal responsibility for things that occur in your life you can never make the changes required to move forward towards whatever the goal is um and this like someone got really uh snotty on instagram i think that post was pretty well received and this one girl who i don't think follows us like put the post in her story and was like this is shaming this is this this is negative this is the type of language that can't exist this and that which like like it's promoting uh imbalance restriction yeah and i'm like a like you don't clearly don't follow us because the majority of our content is about balance but also like which allows us to post something yeah. that's a little bit more of a targeted hard, post hard truth yeah and um you know i'm always i like i'm always for conversation um but i think like taking someone's post and putting it in your story and then like trying to roast it for your own personal gain is like it's like the lowest form of social media activity and so like then I sort of called her out on social media, which I don't think she liked. And then she's, I think she got embarrassed. And then she started to walk back. Like she, she went back a couple weeks and like pulled out another post and was like, see, this is a, a post where you're like, you know, you're being body positive. And she put it up in her story and she's like, you guys need to post more of this and less of that. And I was like, look here, like I'm all for, I would have been happy to have a conversation with you, but like you gave up your rights to have that conversation like when you decided to blast us on your social media without like without providing your point of view. So like I don't care what you have to say. I don't care if you like our other like, posts. Why wouldn't she comment? I, like what most people do. Because she because if she comments, her followers don't see it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. was just she was trying to use us as an example and I'm like, "Okay, strong move, wrong target." Like because we don't agree with a lot of the stuff on the internet, but we're not calling people out. Yeah. We're just like, "Hey, we'll just if she wants to post about being body positive or the opposite of what we say, then go ahead and post the next morning on whatever you want to say. Yeah. But calling somebody out, it just makes you look bad. I know. And then it looked extra bad that she tried to walk it back. And I think she was trying to be friendly. And I was like, look, like you are nothing more than a personally biased and self-indulgent internet troll. Yeah. And I don't tolerate the behavior that you just exhibited. So like I'm done talking to you. And she really hated that. But, um, the thing is, is like owning your shit goes far beyond nutrition. Oh, I, it goes far beyond fitness. Even we were talking like people who are late. Yeah. You see it all the time or hear, hear it from them. Oh, my kids or my kid, like, my dog. There was a train. Not even kids. Like I don't have kids, so I can't say I'm sure kids make you late all the time. But like there was a train um, or I, it's just like there's a, there's like we hear it in nutrition we hear it in life. We hear it from our friends. You hear it from people. Everyone's experiences. Sometimes I say it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I didn't do well because my shoulder. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Yeah. But, but it doesn't catch myself. It's like. Yeah. Nobody. A, nobody cares. And like, if you just continue to, to be looking for an external. It's is like that going to make me work harder on my shoulder work? No. Yeah. It's not going to do anything for you. Like you just you need to own it and then you need to move on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it might be an indication that what you think you want is not what you actually want. Yeah. So like, and, and this is, this is really common in nutrition. You have people who 
you know, they're like, well, I want to lean out. I want to have abs. I want this. I want that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, here's what you have to do in order to move towards those goals. And then like, instead of doing that, you know, once or twice a week, you're out with friends and you know, oh, I didn't have, I didn't have food prep. So I like, I got this instead. Or, um, you know, well, I had friends or family in town and we decided to go have beers and wings or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's fine. That's totally fine. Like you can actually do all of those things and have a lot of balance in your life. It just might mean that you're not going to progress towards this physical goal that you have. And like, so maybe your, your actual goal and your actual priority is not like your physique or your fitness or your nutrition, it's socializing. And so you have to figure out, you know, where is the balance that you can live with and what does that mean for you personally? Yeah. Um, and that's all the post was saying, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that. It's like when people outline goals and then they, they proceed to do the opposite for a substantial amount of the time, like the hard, the hard reality is like you're, you're blaming things that you're actually in control of. Yeah. Straight up. Like you just don't want it bad enough. It's like people who are, who are late. Um, you know, if you were like, all right, person who's constantly late because there's a train or your dog wouldn't take a shit or like this or that. Like I will give you, if you can be on time to work for two straight weeks, like I'll give you this amount of money. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to be on time, which means that like you can do it. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a matter of of priorities and taking a reasonable amount of personal responsibility. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm thinking about that in the context of like my experience with CrossFit and I can say like, oh, you know, I didn't do as well because of work or because, you know, I, but it, that's not an excuse. That's a choice I made. The people who are beating me in CrossFit are making the choice to not work or to not, to prioritize training, to priori- prioritize their weekend of fitness. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't to some extent, but maybe they do more so, or they, you know, take more care of their bodies. They actually do cold baths yeah. and stuff like that. Which I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> fucking hate ice baths but like i can't sit here and say like oh the reason i didn't do well is because of work like yeah i guess you could say that yeah but the more thing is to say like i've made a decision to prioritize Mm -hmm. work and my business and that's it clearly to some extent impacting other things in my life it's not the things that you're doing like you you just straight up are not doing things that people are doing yeah but it's like you know there's this um this tendency to compare and say like oh if i could you know, if only I could train more, if only I could, I could recover more, if only I had time for mobility, this and that, if only I could help, if I could live the life that this athlete is living, but it's like, you don't know what their life is actually like, like, yeah, maybe they're achieving really high, like high, they're having a lot of success in sport, but like, what are they giving up? Like they're sacrificing things too. Yeah. Like maybe they're sacrificing their relationship. Maybe they're sacrificing their long-term career aspirations. Like, yep it's it's impossible to actually understand what people are giving up for the success that they have um in sport and life like you know people maybe they look at at you and they look at me and they're like oh, i wish i could you know i could run a business like they have but like you don't know like that's obviously costing us in an athletic way like there are other costs associated with that like there's a complete lack of free time or work-life boundaries but like I mean, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, damn, I wish I had a nine to five job. I wish yeah. I could just walk out the door at 5 p.m. But then a nine to five job doesn't allow you to go skiing on Tuesday. There's like, you there's, know? there's just, there's give and take. And there and always ev- will be. Everything in your life. Yeah. And I think the, 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 er, the sooner that, that you can look at 
those things as a decision mm-hmm. and accept the consequences rather than talking the, about things as a sacrifice or as an excuse, you're going to be way better off. Yeah. In like finding the right balance, trying different things, well, manipulating like, your life. And then you can, can you can own, like you can own the choices that you're making and own the decisions that you're making and realize like, I actually love the life that I have, even if it means I like, I'm probably not going to go back to the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because of like all the other things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, there's a tendency in, in this sport, probably in life, but definitely in the sport to, to completely lose perspective. And that's why some, like when people who have no perspective and they have nothing else, when they fail to qualify or advance, it feels like their life is ending. It's like the end of the world because like, what else is there? Like you just have to wait for another year to go around, you know, to try again. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I think that that's a very potent and powerful wake up call. If you're willing to like take it for what it is. Um, imagine a lot of athletes feel like that qualifying for the Olympics. Oh, for sure. Like you get injured, but then think about that. It's four, four years you have to wait. Yeah. I know athletes who've had that happen and it sucks. What if it's four years? Like what if you're kind of in that awkward, like end of the, like end of your career age? Like, yeah. Do you keep pushing till that? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's, I think a lot of people lose perspective. I do. I certainly do. Mm-hmm. But I think especially when you're chasing something to a really at a high level, it's even more likely that you just kind of get lost in it. Yeah. I always wonder like how many people would pursue the CrossFit games and train as hard as they do and like, and do a lot of the things that they do or sacrifice, make decisions to, to not pursue other endeavors. Like how many people would do that if Instagram wasn't a thing? Like, I just want you to imagine, I want you to imagine. I don't think that the people Instagram. would have the opportunity to do it because how would they make money? Well, I know. And that's like, that's a, a big, that's a different conversation. Like professionalism in sport. There is no professionalism in CrossFit. Like yeah. you're not a professional CrossFitter. You're an influencer. You're not carded. You no. don't get money from CrossFit. You don't have actual endorsements. Your, your, your <laughs> country isn't giving you money. Yeah. You're, 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 you're an influencer. And that, that career allows you the flexibility to spend a lot of time in the gym. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm like, I'm really curious, not only from an income perspective, but just like, I believe that there's like an extreme amount of narcissism that exists in this sport. And I would be curious to know if you, there was no way to express that narcissism, how many people would continue to work out as hard as they do? Would that affect the sport? You know what? I don't know if it would. I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. You you walk into a CrossFit gym or you talk to these athletes and they, a lot of them really love CrossFit. There's not a lot of CrossFitters who quit competing and don't continue to compete with like do CrossFit. Oh, I know. I think that CrossFit's unique in that like there is, it is so much fun and so many people find it really fun and it's challenging. And no matter where you are in your career or you don't even have a career, just like in your life, you can go and compete at the gym yeah. or not compete. Well, like, like I got into just, CrossFit before Instagram was a thing. I did CrossFit before I even knew the CrossFit games was a thing. Yeah. And I loved it. I know. I love just beating, like trying to beat the soccer moms. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think, I think CrossFit would exist. I don't necessarily think it would maybe exist to the same degree. It, like there wouldn't be as many people quitting their jobs because you need to make money somehow. Yeah. You can't be poor. No. I mean, you can, but like if you have the choice of being poor and doing CrossFit or having 
a life and kind of just enjoying CrossFit, I think there'd be more people in that camp. How many elite CrossFitters live in their parents' basements? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's a, it's large, it's more than you think. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That was a tangent, but it's an inter that's like that sort of bounces around in my head sometimes. It's like, would, would CrossFit even be as competitive? Like, would the numbers be what they are without Instagram? Do you think Instagram made no, CrossFit more because, competitive? Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, if not for Instagram, these people wouldn't be, they would also have jobs, which at what we know about having work or other priorities yeah. in your life, it takes away from CrossFit. Yeah. These, these people who are competing at CrossFit, I mean, you, you look at Matt Fraser, he, he retired because he's like, my whole life was CrossFit. I couldn't, I didn't have a balance in order to be as good as I was. Yeah. Everything in my life was taken care of so that I could train. He like, yeah, he has a, a relationship. Like you don't know what that relationship was like. I don't, I don't think it was, you know, it was like he was going on vacation and spending time with Sammy, yeah. you know, when she wanted to go away. I don't know. It didn't seem like it. Like his whole life was that. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he's able to do that is because he has sponsorships and endorsements and stuff like that. Yeah. And you see that like, even, even at the, the fringe athletes, they're pushing these elite athletes. Yeah. The fringe athletes are able to take time off because they have a lot of followers because of like the way they look or how they present themselves on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And all, I think all of that definitely impacts how, like, how the b boundaries are being pushed. In human performance. It's insane. Yeah. So it's like, there is an argument to be made that, like, the, hu the boundaries in human performance are being pushed by social media. Yeah. And we actually, we have another argument. We've talked about this. Maybe we'll touch on it in the future. How the sport is keeping the top athletes at the top. Yeah. And... Ha like having the endorsements allows them to compete and train which gives them more endorsements which gives them more opportunities to compete it's like this vicious cycle it's yeah. a, it's not a vicious cycle for them it's a vicious cycle from the outsiders looking in i think if you can't get in it's like i'm not good enough to get a sponsorship i'm not good enough to have a lot of followers because i don't have exposure so i have to keep my job which is preventing me from getting good enough yeah to get endorsements I think if the sport had continued with the like the qualify from the open and sanctionals model that it that like 2019 2020 where you could just get an invite to whatever sanction event you wanted if yeah. you were a well-known athlete or had an agent that, that was could pull really some strings, bad yeah that that was bad yeah that was a bad system and or like you get an invite based on your previous performance yeah any previous games athlete can compete well what does that mean for somebody who now has to like do a bunch of qualifiers. Do a bunch of qualifiers. That takes away from training as well. Like yeah. the whole system. So I think had had that continued, you would have seen like it. It's a popularity contest, and the most popular people are the most successful athletes because they simply get more opportunity. Yeah. But so like, I'm glad that they've walked that back to a, the more like the regionals based model, even if it's not regionals, even if it's sanctioned events, running regional competitions. I think that that is is a, a much more fair uh model for competition even like even though you know like the the you know the big names in the sport even the people who have never qualified for the games they're going to have more training opportunities but it, it does mean when when the ball drops and it comes down to it like everyone has the same opportunity to advance because you have to you have that like the open quarterfinals barrier yeah, again that's one perspective like that's one, one factor that makes it more fair yeah 
but um, just like having more time in the day, more time to sleep. Mm-hmm. So like these athletes are getting 10 hours of sleep a night. Yeah. How many people who have day jobs or kids or stuff, which is makes it even more amazing when you see like moms. Oh, I know. Or like people kids. have jobs, like, like Brianna Wallen, for yeah. example, like, like she, she's just like, she's an incredible athlete and like has a, like a literal full-time nine to five job. Yeah, and she it's trains so impressive. like a couple of hours after work. And or like, I look at like Reagan Huckabee who, who qualified. She's like in the top there. She's been in the mix for a long time. Yeah. She went to the games with me in 2015. Like she has two kids. Yeah. Val Vobrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Val Those is amazing. Those people are just incredible. Yeah. They must just, and even like Paul Trombley. Yeah. He, that guy he just he <laughs> keeps on he's got like 10 kids <laughs> and he runs a gym yeah and he's like he's now the ma- manager or president for crossfit canada yeah like come on yeah it's great i mean it's he's cool i like i too. really like i appreciate those people a lot it's not yeah. like i don't i don't not appreciate high performing athletes like I think Haley is amazing. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I I appreciate them for a different reason. It's the ones who like, who have really, really busy lives and are still like managing to just be badasses. And I'm like, that's awesome. Cause like I, I can't do it, but it's awesome that some people can. Yeah. Um, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can, no, do not, I do not recommend doing the GHG event from qualifiers. Yeah, put that in in the same vein as like Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> hard pass on that. But actually, I've never like I I was wondering if I was gonna like watch you do, do quarterfinals and be jealous, and I was like watching that <laughs> event and was like, no, I'm good. And I would have like I would have liked that event. It just looked really hard. And I'm just like, glad that I've I've never gotten in. I've never, I think I've quit a workout one time in my life. Yeah, like actually quit after I've started, and I am so thankful for that because if I were in any sort of habit of quitting workouts, I would have quit on that workout. Yeah. That's about as bad as it's gotten. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm still proud of you. Thanks. I'm your number one fan. Even if I'm like shitty at coaching you. Yeah. I'll try hard. I always year. appreciate your support. Um, yeah. So we'll, I don't know. We could probably do a podcast while I'm away. I'm going to be away yeah. for almost a month. Um, but we can just zoom. We can do a zoom podcast okay. and test that out. Cause we're going to starve people on eventually. Yeah, let's so. do it. May as well. So you might hear from us again. Um, if not, you can catch us on the gram where we pick fights with people who don't agree with us. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a nutrition, a nutrition one. Or if you guys, again, if you have any ideas, shoot us a DM. Yeah. We try to, we try to use your, your ideas and well, we do those like Q and A's and those are usually good, good for generating some, like yeah. some thought and topics on posts and, uh, and podcasts they get the the creative juices flowing mm-hmm. so thanks for submitting questions on those when we put them up yeah but it's a nice spring day here in calgary it's snowing so it's spring in quotation marks so hopefully you're having better weather than us and thanks for listening as always we'll catch you guys again soon